party people. Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer, and this week I am joined by Ree from the Magpies podcast for a game of Blades in the Dark. Blades in the Dark is a game about criminals in the sunless city of Dustfall. It is sort of post-apocalyptic crime fantasy in like a very fantasy D&D-esque setting. It's very cool. It's got... It's if you enjoy games like Dishonored or the Thief series, you'd really dig it. It's very cool and evocative and flavorful, and the mechanics are brilliant. Um, you can check it out. You find more information about Blades in the Dark in the show notes. It is a staple of indie games. It was a ton of fun. I love the game that we played together, and I can't wait for you to hear it. And speaking of Blades in the Dark, The Magpies is a Blades in the Dark actual play podcast about The Magpies, a criminal organization turned revolutionary outfit within the city of Duskfall. It is uh, outstanding. It is incredible. I cannot recommend it enough. Uh, you can find more information about The Magpies in the show notes. Go check it out. Listen to it. Pause this recording. Listen to a few episodes. All right. Now that you're back, go subscribe to them for more episodes. Uh, check the show notes for links to all that stuff, as well as links to Blades in the Dark. And... I think that's pretty much all I got. So with all that said, let's go ahead and throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am sitting down with Ray. Ray, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Well, thank you so much for having me. So real quick, at the top of the show, why don't you take a moment and let the lovely listeners at home know about all of the stuff that you've got going on that you might want them to know about. Uh, yeah, so I think uh, what I think is most relevant to what we'll be doing today is that I am the Perhaps GM. Perhaps a little bit. A little, just a little. <laughs> I am the GM and producer of uh, The Magpies, which is a Blades in the Dark actual play podcast. Uh, you can find it at magpiespodcast.net. Uh, we are... I guess probably a little more than halfway through season three right now. Um, it is a, a story about a crew of um, all women criminals uh, who are, are have now turned into vigilantes uh, fighting for the the downtrodden of Duskwall. So if you would like a story about uh, a bunch of women uh, kicking ass and uh, taking down powerful, corrupt individuals who are mistreating the average citizen, uh, that might have some appeal to some people yeah, in this you know, current maybe. time. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I highly recommend checking out the Magpies. Um, one of our, our fan offered um, mottos has been be gay, do crime. So there's also that. Um, the other thing that I, I do uh, as a, a kind of solo thing is that I run a uh, freelance consulting uh, business called Skill Check. Um, and I do um, accessibility consulting and uh, copy editing for the tabletop RPG community. So uh, if you are a game designer or you know a game designer, um, if you're creating, um, you know, an adventure module or, or a new character class for, you know, the DMs Guild, uh, and you would like to have somebody uh, make sure there's no typos or make sure that your documents are uh, accessible to uh, anybody who might be accessing it, um, reach out to me. Uh, there's a nice contact form on my website, which is rpgskillcheck.net. Uh, that'll and that'll, that'll be in the show notes. People can yes, find I it there. Will, I will provide links to all of these things for, for Jeff to include. Um, yeah, so that that is kind of my, my other big project in the RPG space. That's awesome. Mag for magpies is real good, is the thing. <laughs> like, I just, it's... Oh, thank you. It's real good. Uh, it... The, it you know what I, I I really like about it? I granted I have not I I am far far from up to date, but like I've like in what I've listened to, I love 
hearing the crew just talk like the, the 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 comfort that you all have playing like the characters that you play and like hearing the crew talk to each other and just be like so comfortable like laying plans out with each other is very good it just feels it it like it that's the type of thing that i feel like a lot of actual plays don't often get to that i feel like you you really hit out of the gate oh thank you so much yeah i am um you know the the crew that we have uh, as players um we had never played together as a group before that's wild in the dark yeah that's wild to me yeah, I, I just kind of I reached out to people that I knew there was like a whole recruitment application process. Um, and so, yeah, we started playing as a group um, with this game. And it's it has been really awesome to see everybody just like sink into their characters and then build these really, really great relationships. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, it's among it's the real characters. good. It's so. real good is the thing. <laughs> Speaking of Blades in the Dark, let's get into some Blades in the Goddamn Dark. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Blades in the Dark, um, should I give just kind of a little Yeah, yeah, give us the elevator give us pitch. The, give us the elevator pitch. Yeah. So, uh, Blades in the Dark um, kind of is a, uh, the, the basis for the Forged in the Dark <laughs> uh, game system. Um, it is uh, an industrial fantasy setting. So, rather than kind of the uh, pseudo-medieval... Uh, fantasy of, uh, you know, D&D or Lord of the Rings and a lot of those. Um, This is a setting where there is electricity, there are factories, there are guns. Um, But that fantasy element means that in this case, there are ghosts and there are demons. Um, I can't really do better uh, for a description of the the setting and particularly the city that we are going to be in of Duskwall, uh, then what the the book says. This is the very last line on page one. You're in a haunted Victorian era city, trapped inside a wall of lightning powered by demon blood. All right, I'm I'm up. To, I am up to speed. I feel, <laughs> yeah. So I feel refer- I feel I feel uh, like I got the whole scoop. Yeah. It, it is. Um, the city in particular, and, and sort of, so that's the setting. And within that setting, players uh, are criminals and scoundrels. Um, you pick a, a type of criminal to be, um, you know, you can be thieves or, or smugglers or a cult even. Um, and then you, you pick your playbooks for, for the character types. Um, and then you just, you go out and you do crime. And it's you build great. up wealth and you fight against other criminals and you fight against the citizenry and you fight against the people in power. Uh, and you either claw your way to the top of the heap and become the people in power that you hated, uh, or you become one of the many ghosts haunting the city. All uh, right. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's a very... Uh, I, I really love this game. I really love running this game. Um, and as much as I made the the setting sound very gritty and grimdark, it absolutely doesn't have to be that way. One of the things that I love best about Magpies is that um, we ended up going in kind of a different direction. They, I mean, they're still criminals in that they're breaking the law, but they are vigilantes. They mm-hmm. are now kind of fighting... They're, you know, revolutionaries a little bit. They are fighting for the common people. Um, and they have managed to make some some positive changes in the city, which has been really cool to see. I love that. That's so yeah. I, I love that. I, I yeah, I like that. I like that, 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 that I like the game. The um, I feel like oftentimes games 
that kind of deal in this sort of tone will, and I think a lot of times it's justified, but they will like make a moral judgment of like, you know, you are a bad person and therefore you must do this. And I like that the game basically breaks down like, well, you're doing illegal things. And like it, it presents it very matter of factly, but it kind of leaves it to you to put your own spin on it and say like, well, maybe, maybe that, maybe what that means, maybe doing crimes, what that means is different to different people. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like, it's also a setting where a lot of the people you're going to be targeting for crimes are themselves, not the best people. Sure. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a, a pretty morally gray setting, but you can decide how, uh, how, how gritty and dark and depressing you want it to be. There's kind of a lot of, uh, customization you can provide at, at your particular table. Um, I like it. Yeah. So do we want to talk about the, the particular crime that's going down today? Yes, I do. I will introduce my criminal and my crew, and then we'll kind of go over the job that's that we're going to be, the crime that we're going to be doing today. Yes. Uh, I am playing Grimbus Clean Hands McCall. I'm going to learn to say that name without laughing, even though it is a very good name. <laughs> it's a really Grimbus, good name. Uh, is, like I said, his nickname is Clean Hands because I keep my hands clean. Um, for an aesthetic, just literally think any character from the from the Disney film Newsies, and you're probably good. Um, Grimbus grew up on a cruise ship, a giant, like, steam ship. Think... You know, think like a Lusitania or a Titanic style, like big gigantic ship where his family has uh, lived off of the Dagger Isles for generations. You know, they live on the ship. They do business with the cities, but like the family lives on the ship. I got bored real quick. I needed something new. I needed some new experiences. So I hopped off at a port and my family had the very... Uh, supportive arrangement of like, okay, go live your life, but you are no longer a, a crew member on the ship. And so I was cut loose and sent on my own. And uh, I spent the, I, I was probably around 16 and I spent the last like five to six years or seven, eight years, like hanging around the city, you know, going to gambling rings, riding duck boats. Like <laughs> I, if there's a fun experience, I am there. And that is how I fell in with a group of assassins known as the scale. The scale are very well-informed assassins. They are a group of hired killers, contract killers, but they make it their mission to know the ins and outs of the people that they kill. They want to make the conscious moral decision. They want to be able to say with definitively, this person, it, 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 this person does deserve to die or this person did not deserve to die. Partially because uh, we're very good at not alerting the death crows to our existence, which means that uh, when a person dies, we tend to go visit their ghost if they were wrongly killed and say, hey, you were wrongly killed. Don't ask Let us by who. That's not important. Not, ask, not important. Doesn't Details. matter who killed you. <laughs> what matters is that you have the, that we are presenting you the opportunity to make it right and get vengeance. Or, if that person did deserve to die, we can go to the person that ordered their death and say, hey, if you want this ghost to go away, you pay us extra. <laughs> it's a good arrangement. Yeah. It's, a good, it's a good scheme. Yes. We do well. Yeah, yeah. You, you profit well from this. Um, so, where we, we, we open up, I think, uh, 
on in the docks, mm-hmm. the docks district of Duskwall, um, specifically the boardwalk, um, where uh, despite the fact that you can't really go swimming in the void sea, uh, people will still come out to, to walk along the beachfront and uh, enjoy any number of arcade games and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. live shows and uh, various cotton candy and funnel cake yeah. uh, treats. Um, much much like the boardwalks that yeah. I grew up in in New Jersey. It's not <laughs> nice, but you still go. Yeah. Um, and I think, where where do we find Grimbus? Uh, on this particular, uh, we'll say, foggy afternoon. Um, it is dark. Uh, it is always dark uh, in this world. The The sun has ceased to shine in the sky. Um, daytime actually tends to be a little darker because there's no moon. Mm-hmm. So where where are you hanging out in in this uh, area? Gr- Grimbus is, uh, so, so there's like, uh, like you said, there's like a handful of people walking along this boardwalk. And I think we hear from, like, as a crowd starts to part, we hear, like, a bell. We hear, like, a little, like, tiny, tiny, like, bell kind of jingling. And we see Grimbus uh, is aggressively, angrily riding a penny farthing. (laughs) And is just, like, riding it and screaming and finally, like, screeches it to a halt, falls off of the bike. You know, it tumbles, kips up to his feet hands walks over to a very bedraggled looking vendor like hands some coin over and is like worth every penny walks <laughs> off like walks into the abandoned uh the abandoned like pizza parlor or candy shop or wherever like whatever like tiny ramshackle you know concession stand the scale has made their home and like walks in probably to see the gang having already kind of gathered around a map, knowing that that means that like we have accepted a job. Grimbus tends to be like the last person to find out about these things because he tends to be, you know, the most out and about of the crew. Like they tend to come to Grimbus when they're like, hey, we need something stolen. Less so than, hey, we need your input on whether or not we should take this job. Because frankly, yeah. my answer is always going to be, I don't know. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Are they paying? Sure. Yeah. Um, so probably you don't even care if they're paying. Just is no, it interesting? Does it is it does is it is it going to be fun? Yeah. So, um, who do you think is the leader of the group? The leader of the group is my uh, is my boyfriend, sometimes ex boyfriend. We have a difficult relationship. Uh, he is a ghost. His name is Royce Rambo, <laughs> uh, and he kind of orchestrates the. He is the shadowy hand fully fully understanding the the implications of that statement of like the scale. He is the one that, you know, picks the contracts, puts the people together and sends them on their way, partially because well, as a ghost, he doesn't want to, you know, be too far out and about with for fear of being dragged off by the spirit wardens. Does he uh does he possess a body or does he remain incorporeal? Uh, he remains incorporeal. He All has, right. the, we have, he has his body because he doesn't want the spirit wardens to drag it away, but he keeps it in a coffin more because, uh, on one of our dates, I was like, it's weird. It's weird having a corpse just like, ow, you really got to <laughs> do something about it. 
Um, all right. So I think Royce kind of looks up and uh, let's see. Do you think that you're currently, is this a, you, you said that, that you have kind of an on again, off again relationship. You think you're on or off right now? I think we're, I think we're on. I think, okay. I think things have been, I think things have been okay lately. Yeah. So I, I think the, the uh, shadowy, I, I oh, think go ahead, go ahead. I think it's sort of, I think it's a gray area of like, it's on again, off again, but it's never fully off. It's that kind of like, you know, begrudging of like, oh my God, I can't stand you. And like, but like still kind of acknowledging that like, we're st- we still, we're still on for next Tuesday, but like, oh my God, <laughs> just, I hate you. We're not talking and we're shooting glares at each other across the, the yeah. lair. I bet the rest of your crew loves it. Oh, they love it. <laughs> There's um, a, they, it's half the reason they keep me around is because <laughs> I am charming and cute to, to watch. <laughs> So Royce, uh, you know, the, the shadowy translucent figure, um, looks up from, from the map and is like, Hey, Grimbus, uh, glad you could join us. Uh, we've got a job. Is it a fun job? Uh, it should be, uh. Well, I'm in. The, we're gonna need you to do a little solo work to start, though. Yeah, I kind of I figured usually if you're asking me that's kind of how it works, but uh what's the what's the score? What am I what am I stealing? So, we've been hired to kill one uh Brance Templeton. Uh he's a magistrate uh who well, most of the magistrates will take bribes to let people go or put people away. Uh this guy was just dumb enough to put somebody away whose family had enough money to do something about it. Uh, sure, of course. So they would like him dead. The catch is that, based on the reports we've gotten, he has very robust arcane security. Uh, I can't go anywhere near the place, so this is going to be all on you. Um, okay, cool, cool. Uh, and we... Before we can get in there and uh, eliminate him, we're going to need you to get in and uh, figure out what's at the heart of this security system and take it. Because otherwise, uh, the crows are going to hear about this one. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that. That would be a problem. That would mm-hmm. be a definite. Cool. No, this is this will be this will be easy. This will be fun. Uh, you know, double my normal rate plus a per diem and I'm in. And I like I flash just the shit eatingest grin that has ever been grinned, like throwing that out half expect not fully, fully unaware of whether it is going to be shot down or like accepted without hesitation of just like, eh, we'll see. We'll throw it out. We'll see what happens. He, he gives you sort of a, a long stare and is like. I'll order dinner from that chicken place you like next wednesday oh the chicken pl- uh, oh you, you drive a hard royce you drive a hard bargain everybody when i look at the whole crew that's why royce is the leader that's why right there all right <laughs> you you talk you, you drove a hard bargain you talked me into it <sighs> go do your fucking job <laughs> <laughs> and don't right. get and don't get yourself killed you're more fun alive uh, you know, I, I make no promises as I like, I kind of, <laughs> I do the thing where I lean back in the chair and I fall out of the chair and do kind of a willy, like a backwards Willy Wonka roll 
and kiss, like land on my feet and like look around. I'm like, nothing, nothing. I, I swear you are, none of you are any fun. And I don't even know why I hang out with you. Next, double, extra. I want extra chicken for not laughing at that joke. One, one of the other members of your crew just slow right. claps you out. You're, you're good. You're off my shit list. And everybody, like I walk out. <laughs> I kind of adjust my suspenders. I adjust my newsboy cap, and I'm like, "Cool, cool. Time to steal something from a soon-to-be murder victim." And I look around. I'm like, "Oh, I should not have said that out loud." Oh well, it's fine. Nobody's paying attention. Right? <laughs> a, a small child with a giant thing of cotton candy just kind of looks up at you as they walk past. And I go. I so what happens next is I go around the corner from this. Uh, restaurant or long like a side wall there's like a big giant like ice cooler with a padlock on it Mm -hmm. i walk up i look at the padlock i reach into my pocket i pull out what looks at first kind of like a swiss army knife and i flip a lock pick out of it and i less sort of pick this lock as i jam that lock pick extremely hard (laughs) into the padlock and just kind of like rip the padlock off of the thing it's it's how it works it's it, it, we've done this a million times and yeah. i pop it open i grab my assassin's gear i grab my rigging uh i i grab it all in like a big duffel bag that i throw over my shoulder and i'm just like whistling a happy tune as i like walk as i as i kind of like and then i i sort of stop i stop I think Royce's, like, body appears, like, translucently and Casper's through the wall. Yeah. <laughs> like, hands me, like, uh, like a rolled-up piece of parchment. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I did not ask where I was going. Thank you. I appreciate it. Love you. All right. I'll see you later. <sighs> Love you, too. Be safe. I'll see you tonight. I go in for, like, a kiss. Like, we phase through each other. Like, yeah. I think, well, I think... I think I ghost veil so that we can kiss it so Aww. that we can get a quick kiss. And then I phase out. And I'm like, all right, I'll talk to you later. Don't do not do not skimp on this on the side dishes. I will not. All right. All right. So um, usually in a in a score, there's kind of a gather information phase where mm-hmm. you would go around the city and and you know figure out what's going on. Um, you've kind of already been given most of the info that you need. Yeah. So I think we're going to jump right to the score, which means it. we get to do. Uh, uh, we get to right now. I get to explain one of my favorite parts of the Blades in the Dark mechanics, which is um, first how your equipment works. So uh, on your character sheet, you'll see this big section uh, that says items, and there's yep. all kinds of fun and intriguing gear. Uh, you're not going to pick any of this gear. Okay. Instead, uh, if you look over where it says load. Yep. You're going to pick one of those, and basically, so if you pick a light load, you get three. Normal load is five, six is heavy. That number tells you how many slots of load Mm -hmm. you can carry. Um, So instead of it being like, well, I'm going to pick five things now and hope I have the right stuff. No, 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 no. It's Schrodinger's inventory. Right. Just when you get to a point where you think you need something, you mark it on your sheet and go, oh, good thing I packed whatever. Um, It's a really cool way of making your character look super competent and prepared. I love Um, it. I love that a lot. Yeah, I will also mention anything that's in italics, you kind of get as a freebie. It doesn't count against your okay. load. So, um, yeah, so what do you think you want to do for, for your loadout? I'm going to go with normal. I'm going to go that, normal, yeah. especially if I'm by myself. I think I think going, loading loading up as much, well, keeping my, without without overloading myself, I think is the right, is the, is the yes. best way to go. 
I agree. Um, and I'm guessing that you are uh, aiming for a stealth approach here in terms yes. of your, the type of your score. Um, so how how do you want to get in? Um, you're dealing with somebody who um, is living in a, a large kind of manor house um, that's going to have a fair amount of security. So do you want to uh, try and sneak in a back door? Do you want to try and get in a window? What's your, uh, what's your plan? I'm going to try to go through a storm cellar. I feel okay. like, I feel like, or even more so than a storm cellar, um, one of the kind of underground and one of the underground service entrances to like the pantry or like the, the sort of basement kitchen, right? Like where the, mm-hmm. where, where kind of the, the, the hospitality staff are going. Cause there's going to be people coming in and out of there. I could theoretically, if especially if I'm carrying what appears to be a large bag, I could easily give that picture of just like somebody dropping off a load of potatoes. Yeah, or, like, you're here some, for a delivery. Yeah, I could yeah. easily pass as a delivery guy just carrying a big bag of like ingredients. So I'm mm-hmm. gonna walk through. I'm just gonna do one of the best. One of the best ways to sneak in any situation is to just walk around like you're supposed to be there. So I'm just gonna walk straight through that service. Straight through that bottom service basement and look like I belong there. Okay. So what we're going to do now is basically the one time in this game where I get to roll dice. Okay. <laughs> um, which is the engagement roll. And this is basically going to tell us uh, what, where, where you're starting, what kind of position yeah. you're in when the game's, when we, we jump right to the action. Um, this is, for, for people who aren't familiar with Blades in the Dark, this is one of my other favorite elements of it is you don't do any planning. You kind of pick a score, you pick a detail, uh, like Jeff just provided, and then you just cut straight into the action. And there are some cool mechanics you can use to kind of uh, fill in a plan, because your character made a plan. But you as the player did not have to spend all of that time sitting around and debating with everybody else, like, oh, but what if this happens? We have to prepare for all these eventualities. Nope, we're just going to cut straight to it. So, uh, for the engagement role... um, you get one die for sheer dumb luck. Uh, and then I'm going to ask a few different questions. And, and you can, as we answer them, this will add or remove more dice. Is this operation particularly bold or daring? Yes, because I'm by myself. Yeah, traditionally, I think so. like Traditionally, especially in the... So there was a tiny little thing that you said that I really want to expound upon both to add some character detail and emphasize like what the stakes are here. When you had said uh, Royce can't go anywhere near this, I think Royce is my like thieving counterpart, right? Like, because mm-hmm. if like if the one thing Royce can do really, really comfortably is ghost shit. Yeah. I think ghost, I think like Royce is the person who comes with me and like, you know, <laughs> walks through walls, makes sees where people are, turns invisible, and then goes and like reports things to me so I can take them. Like we have a working arrangement. It's how we fell in love. Aww. So I think the idea that like Royce isn't here means that like I am, I am, I am, I do not have my eyes on the field that I normally have. Yeah, yeah. And also, uh, my boyfriend's not here, and that's yeah. You're you're missing that emotional support. Yeah. It's not as, it's not as fun. (laughs) Um, Does the plan's detail expose a vulnerability of the target or hit them where the weakest? So so this is your entry in through the cellars. Um, I don't, 
I don't feel like this is hitting them where they're weakest. I don't think they're also super well prepared against this approach. I would, I would say that. I would say exactly. I, I yeah. exactly agree with that. So you, no dice added, but no dice taken away. Um, can any of your friends or contacts provide aid or insight for this operation? Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, if I can throw out an idea mm-hmm. for a yes. Yeah. Because I have Rosalind Kellis, uh, a noble, is a good friend of mine. Yes. I, I I would like to propose that, like, before this, I kind of perhaps contacted her. Perhaps we perhaps we met at, like, a cocktail bar, and I had suggested that, like, it would be just really, really great if, you know, we could, if, if, if she could whisper in someone's ear who could whisper in someone's ear that like there is a gala party happening around or like a a party happening around for this magistrate to celebrate some puffed up achievement. Okay. To make to just to give that little bit of added justification for somebody being around for like delivery people to be handing stuff off. The party yeah. doesn't need to necessarily be happening right now, but like they're preparing for it yeah 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 Yeah. delivery people are coming in and out yeah i like that um are any enemies or rivals interfering in this operation Hmm. i think that's more of a a me decision i don't think so at this moment um i think that that right now (laughs) that can always change it could come up um my 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 bitter rival petra the city clerk who i won a lot of money from the city and sort of landed on her shoulders, could enter the scene at any time. She could. Uh, Other elements that we want to consider. So this is a a higher tier target. You you are Mm -hmm. shooting pretty high out of your your normal uh, reach. So that's going to take a die away. But I think think that's the only thing. So I'm going to roll 2d6. Okay. And then whichever one of these is the higher result is going to tell us uh, what kind of position you're in when this starts. Okay. So I rolled a four and a three. So the result okay. here is a four. Okay. So this is actually kind of the, the, the standard starting position. Um, you're in a risky position when the action starts. So, that makes sense. That feels right. Yeah. The th- um, So we... We see you uh, making your way down through this this service tunnel, um, and I think that you there's there's you know a couple household guards posted outside of the thing, and you just kind of you know smile and charm your way right past them, no problem. You get inside into the kitchen, and you know your your bluff was going to be that you are uh, you know you're here to deliver a bunch of potatoes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think you get in there, you've got your, your big bag, maybe you've put some potatoes on top for, for <laughs> authenticity, and standing in front of the, the head cook, the, the kitchen area is, is a little bit busy, I think it's getting kind of towards dinner time, people are starting to prepare, so there's a lot of servants around, there's the cook, and standing in front of the head cook is a young man, probably uh, a couple years younger than you, who has two very large sacks of potatoes on the floor in front of him. You have somehow (laughs) arrived at the exact same time as the actual potato delivery. Uh, And I think as you step into the room, the cook looks up and is like, all right, bring over what you got. And I pause and I, 
uh, I pause and I look at the bags of potatoes and I, uh, I look over and I, um, I wait for just a moment and then I kind of, I put on the face of like someone who is just extremely aggrieved and I'm like, are you serious? Did you? We, I thought that we had such a good, I thought that, I thought that you had a very good relationship with our farm, and now I find out that you're buying other bags of potatoes. This is a personal affront. And frankly, I am, I'm not, I'm, I'm a little shocked to see this, honestly. <laughs> uh, give me some kind of role. Um, I'm going to say this is sway. Yeah, I'm that, that like, sounds I'm like right. Sway. So you are um, in a risky position. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that this is going to be a, a standard effect. Okay. Um, you don't have anything here that, that's given you any particular. <laughs> I don't think you've been, <laughs> I don't think you have a past relationship with this cook no, to, I don't to think help so. you out here. So, so I'm going to roll 1d6, right? I have one dot in sway. Yes, uh, you can also, I do want to just sort of let you know you have this option. You can push yourself, um, you would take two stress, and that would get you an extra die, or you can take a devil's bargain, which is where I will offer you some additional consequence that happens no matter what, but if you accept it, you get uh, uh, another die. I'm going to push myself here. I'm going to roll two dice. All right, so mark two stress. And then go ahead right. and make your roll. And then um, you just take the, the higher result. Yep. No math to be done. That is a four and a one. I'm real glad that I took that. Real glad I took <laughs> that second dice. Yeah. All right. So a four. Um, that means you do it, but there's a consequence. Mm-hmm. So you are... Okay. So I think... Um, she she looks you over and somehow your your just dedication to this bluff works and makes her think that you are from a particular farm. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Let me look at my names. Um, we'll say the the Booker Farm, and she's like, mm-hmm. "Well, we had to go with somebody else because the last batch of potatoes that Booker sent over." Was half rotten. Bring yours over. Let me search through, and whoever's got the better quality gets the coin. And I ha- think <laughs> you don't have a sack full of potatoes, right? You have so a I- sack of burglary gear, <laughs> right? So I think I think at this moment, I I kind of take my bag. I take my bag, and I kind of showily am like, you know what? Let them have the coin. I, if if our stuff is so rotten that you that that. If our stuff is so rotten, I don't even think we need your coin. I think that we can sell these potatoes anywhere. And I take it and I kind of puffily walk off. And like at the 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 most opportune moment, I'm going to try and duck around a corner so that I can like load up, like get my gear out and like suit up. Like I'm just at this point, I'm just looking for like a spot, a spot where I can duck a corner I can duck away to to like put my stuff together so that I can I can get to work. Yeah. And and like get up into the house instead yeah. of leave. So, yeah, I think to to make that uh, <laughs> disappearing mm-hmm. uh, work, uh, I will need another roll. Okay. Um, 
I would say this is most likely going to be Prowl. Yeah, that tends I think so. to be the one used for for kind of physical sneaking around type things. And I, I think two dice here works. I think mm-hmm. I've got two dice in Prowl. I think that feels right. Yeah. Three and one. So that's a three. Ooh. Okay. Things go badly. Um. So I think as you you are trying to to angrily stomp at, you know off uh, rather than going back out the door, you kind of try to duck around a corner. Um, one of the guards outside heard your your blustering and came in uh, and puts a hand on your shoulder to escort you out. <laughs> mm. um, so you are now in a desperate position. Yep. Um, you you've drawn a lot of attention. Uh, you've got the the household guards trying to remove you. Um, so can I ask like a, to... can I ask a gear question? Yeah. What is a silence potion? Let me see what it particularly says. I'm pretty sure that it. Let me make sure. A vial of golden liquid that negates all sound within 10 paces of the drinker for a span of several moments. Mm. Okay. So I think I am going to, uh, I think I am going to, yeah, I think I am going to, uh, I think I'm going to grab a flask, grab my flask as I'm like grumbling under my breath. I'm going to take, I'm going to mark this. I'm going to mark my silence potion vial. Mm-hmm. And as uh, I'm kind of around, the, you know, once I'm at, I've got that, I've got the spy on that, like that on that nook, I'm going to push myself and I'm going to grab the arm. I'm going to put the flask back away. And since it's, it's all silence around me, I'm going to grab his arm and try to like judo throw him over my shoulder and knock <laughs> him unconscious. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to definitely push myself because I want that second dice because I, I believe this will be skirmish. Uh-huh. So that'll be two dice. Oh, that's a six and a five. That's beautiful. Okay. So, yeah, a six means that you you do it. It just works. Um, <laughs> so my my mental image here is that, like, the the cook shakes her head and, like, turns around and like picks up one of the sacks of potatoes and just as she turns her back this guard just goes flying silently (laughs) (laughs) past in the background and then you slink away and into i think it's like a little side hallway that kind of leads off further into the basement level of this matter all right so you made it like i step aside (laughs) and i kind of drop the bag the potatoes roll out of it i kind of shoo them away and i like put on my you know my rigging harness i like get I put on my rear I put away my newsboy cap and I pull on a little bit of a I guess you could kind of I'm I'm picturing it as uh I put on like I put on my goggle like I get suited up, right? Like yeah, we get yeah. a very like, you know, we'll keep the specifics vague so that I can call on that gear later, but like you get you get the full like Dracula movie Van Helsing like suiting up sequence. Mm-hmm. And then I am like off into, you know, crawling up along bookshelves and like w- w- making my way around people to like get into the building proper. Yeah. So I think you're able to move further into the the basement level. Um and what you need to figure out is kind of where where the thing is, where where the center of this security system is at. Um and you you've got I'm going to say two approaches that you can kind of take here. One approach is you can 
right now on the job, try to figure it out with various roles. Or you can do what's called a flashback. And this is um, that thing that always happens in a heist movie. Oh, sure. Where, yeah, it's like, oh, no, the hero, you know, the, the hero is in peril. Flashback to them setting up something that is specific to address this exact circumstance that they're in. So you can do a flashback to something that, that you can do. You can make a role um, to have gotten some of this information in advance. Um, depending on how complex or unlikely mm-hmm. or difficult it would have been for you to have pulled this off, um, it'll cost you some amount of stress. Uh, but that, that is an option that is available to you. I think I'm going to, for the time being, I think I'm just like creeping along, like, you know, going, going kind of room, room for room, just sort of like me, like moving, you know, doing very kind of Metal Gear Solid, like watching someone walk off, walking behind them from door to door, you know, making my way as quickly as possible, trying to, you know, I don't have, I don't have my eyes, so I am trying to do as much surveying now as I can to just get a handle on, like, where everything is, more so than trying to, like, get to a particular place, because I need to, before I am going to take this object, I need to know where I can fall back to, where I can hide, where, where the guards are going to be hanging out, like, I want as much of that information as I can up front. Got it. Um, yeah, so I think go ahead and and make a. I, th- I mean, I think you said it. Survey. Yeah. Roll. Um, and I think this is going to continue to be risky. Mm-hmm. As you're you're prowling around in here. I think I'm going to stick with one dice. I think we're just going to see what happens. <laughs> That's a three. So I wish oh. that I had gone with the second dice, but yeah. I did not. <laughs> um. Okay. So, let's see. I think that the guard that you judo through mm-hmm. um, is found pretty quickly. Yeah. And he, he uh, is revived and alerts people to uh, the fact that someone has broken in. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Someone attacked me and ran off. Um, So what we're going to do now is start a clock. Um, Mm -hmm. And for listeners, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this particular mechanic, but it's basically a a countdown to something happening. Um, So every time that there is kind of, uh, anytime you face a new consequence, that consequence could be this clock ticking up. And Mm -hmm. when it fills in, the thing happens. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say this is a four tick clock um, with one tick already filled in. So I'm just going to type this into the chat so we can track it. Yep. But it's going to be, you're, so you're at one out of four for um, basically the guards find you. <laughs> Got it. Uh, so you, you are, they are now, it's not just they're doing their normal patrols. They are actively looking for you right now. Got it. Um, but you haven't been caught yet. Uh, however, you also still haven't found the thing that you are searching for. So. I have absolutely not. And I'm trying to decide what my next move is. Uh, I think, I think, I think I, I, now that I know, like, I think I see them kind of like, uh, start to talk to each other, which means I know that they are, uh, I know that they are 
starting to to do patrols, so I think I get a little bit of an idea. I think of uh, the room that I'm in. It's like um, it's like a guest. It's like one of you know many guest bedrooms, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm on like the first floor of this building. I'm in like a guest bedroom, and I see that there is like a gas lamp. Uh huh. And I'm like, hmm, well, they're certainly looking for someone. If I, you know, can get them all into one place, if I can get them into one place, then certainly that's that's then, you know, I can I can act quick. So I think I'm going to uh, I think I'm going to tinker with this. um, I think I'm going to tinker with this gas lantern. And I think my goal I think I, I'm, I'm approaching this. I'm like, look, this is a win win. Either I can, you know, make it break and basically like turn this thing into a kettle where like if I start a, a small lantern fire, like it will like squeal. Like if I crack the glass in just such a way or I shatter it and I start a fire and all the guards <laughs> come and look at the fire and then I've got the I've got the run of the place. <laughs> okay so yeah basically my goal is to is to turn this into a kettle so that i can you know so that once it starts to squeal they'll all come over and think that they've got me excuse me and by the time they get here i will be long gone you'll be gone very cool um do you want to push yourself for devil's bargain on that or do you have two dice and tinker right i have two dice okay you can so think- you can still do either of those things if you'd like a uh that is my lucky, my lucky insane clown posse dice got me a six. Whoop, whoop. So I'm feeling good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So um, it, it works exactly as, as you wanted it to. Um, you, you get the, the crack positioned correctly, um, and then you can do whatever you need to do to get it to start. Yeah, I like I like crack the glass. I like put a little hole in it with like a little like with a lock pick. I start the fire and like I pour just a little bit of like uh, water from a from a water flask. Like I pour it so that it starts to steam and it shoots through that that hole. It starts to squeal. I have like passed through a window, like along crawled along the outside into a different room. And I hear like a door kick in and people and I hear guns start to click in the other room. And I'm like, I love my job. <laughs> yep. So there's, I think you can hear kind of the, the shrieking of this, this uh, gas lamp and, and some confused shouting as they're trying to figure out what the hell is making this noise. Um, yeah. So you, you've got, got a little bit of a moment. I think I'm going to say that th- that has put you into a controlled position for your next role. Okay. Um, so that basically means that you're, um, the, the consequences, you're, you're, you're kind of approaching this from a position of advantage, and the consequences you'd face are going to be less. So I think it's time to, I think it's time to move. I think it's time to go back on the prowl, and I think mm-hmm. it is time to, I think the trick is, uh, the trick is, the trick here is to work a little bit backwards. Like, I heard a bunch of people run in. Where I am prowling is where I heard them running from. Like, I heard the stomp, 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 stomp. And so, like, my, my, the, in my head, like, you, I'm watching, like, we, I kind of close my eyes and I see them running. And I'm like, well, they were coming from that way, which means that whatever is that way is heavily protected, which means I am headed that way. Got it. Cool. So I am going to prowl. I've got my two dice. Mm-hmm. That is a three and a four. Four. Okay. Um, 
So you've got an option here of you can either withdraw and try a different approach or do it with a minor consequence. I'm going to um, take that consequence. Take the consequence. Okay. So um, <laughs> I think what ends up happening is that um, you start heading, like you, you, you make your way down the hallway where everybody was running from. Um, and you, uh, you make it about halfway down the hall and like you come around or you, you come around a corner and you see down at the far end of this hall, like a big heavy security door that is just covered in arcane runes, um, that, that have been engraved into the metal, uh, and it's like, well, if there's going to be a center to the arcane security, it's probably that. But it's at the far end of the hall, and um, you have to kind of duck into a corner or behind a curtain or something mm-hmm. because um, just like you, you see this door, and then another door opens, and uh, a couple more guards come out and are like, they're in the middle of a conversation, and they kind of move out into the hall and keep having their conversation and then stop. So they're basically standing between you and the door that you need. And I and I, I I'm gonna flash back here, but not for like an advantage purpose, strictly for flavor, as uh-huh. is the way. Um, I'm behind a curtain. I am like on. I am crouching on a windowsill behind a curtain, and I kind of reach up and I grab a little chain around my neck, and I flash back to. Walking the boardwalk with the the spectral form of Reese or Royce, mm-hmm. and Royce hands me a little box, and I, I open it, and inside uh, is I'm trying to decide what's the what's what's appropriately uh what's an appropriate like I think it is it's like it's something and maybe it's like a locket of hair. Like from his, like, it's something from his body that he is like arranged into like a charm. And like, that's my reaction is like in the flashback. I'm like, God, what the, why you could not have thought this was romantic. And he's like, of course it was. It's from me. And I'm like, it's your hair. What is wrong with you? Oh, you are so lucky that you are hot right now. Oh my God. And I flash back and I have it in like, I have it on like a locket and I like kind of grimace as I read, like I kind of like lovingly, like my eyes kind of go wide, but I also kind of grimace as I reach yeah. for it. <laughs> like, uh, It's still gross. <laughs> it's still gross. I love him. I love him dearly. Still very gross. <laughs> and I touch it and like, I, I touch it and I am going to, uh, I would like to. I would like to enter the ghost veil. Okay. I would like to, so I'm going to take two stress plus, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to take an additional two stress, which puts me at eight stress just to, just to keep, just to keep a note on it. Yeah. Um, Uh, finish telling me what you're doing and then I'll let you know what happens if you fill up that stress bar. (laughs) I'm close. I'm real close. Um, so I, it's going to, uh, take me for a few moments I'm going to go completely invisible and float through the air like a ghost. So I'm going to go not through the door. I'm going above the door. Okay. Um, 
Yeah. So just so you know, when you fill up your stress meter, um, you are going to take a trauma. Uh, and this is something that in long-term play uh, would be kind of a, a, a change to your character. The mm-hmm. the stress of the life that you're living eventually starts to get to the, yeah. the characters of Blades in the Dark. Um, usually uh, in a, a, a standard game with more than one person, um, a character who, who hits the trauma level uh, drops out of the scene mm. and sometimes out of the score entirely. They just have to leave because they, they can't deal with what's going on anymore um we will figure out what happens <laughs> if okay. you hit that because that's obviously not a, a fun way to end this but we will we'll see i we'll see how it goes yeah i have dealt with some situations where like i had a guest player on magpies who hit a trauma one time and i'm like well i don't want you to just have to sit here and not do anything right. so we've, we've got some options but okay yeah so you can you can do that uh burn three more stress um, to, to do your, your ghost shifting. Uh, yeah. And so you're going through the, the wall over the door. Got it. Um, so I think that when you're in your ghost form, you, you're seen through the ghost field, which Mm -hmm. is kind of, um, just this, this other layer of reality that anybody can, can look into and access. Um, but it basically, you know, you, you see, ghosts and arcane objects glow really brightly and when you shift into the the ghost field um you almost can't look at the door because it's glowing so brightly mm-hmm. with with wards and things however the and then there's other like kind of lines of energy shooting off that mm-hmm. as you get close it kind of feels like putting your hand close to a fire like it feels mm-hmm. hot and dangerous but you're able to i think maneuver around that and get into the room behind um with with your your various abilities of floating and being invisible um and yeah you you make it into this room um and i think that that eats up your few moments of, mm-hmm. of ghostliness mm-hmm. uh and you you are in this space um, I think it's actually a pretty small room, um, but it is packed. Just shelves and cases of of arcane stuff, and there are runes on the walls, um, and there's like kind of a, a ley line sort of setup connecting a lot of things. Um, it's a very complicated arcane arrangement in here, and you need to find the thing at the heart of it that that makes it work. Yeah, I think that I think that the best way I think how I'm going to do that is I think um I think I'm going to uh tap a gear if I may. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz I think um I think what I have is uh I know that the scale one of our one of the things that makes the scale special is like we are not we don't come uninformed, right? We know. And so I think like I stop and I kind of reach into my bag and I pull out that, that scrolled up, uh, I pull up that scrolled up parchment that Royce gave me and I roll it out and it has like the, like a sketch of the thing that I'm looking for. 
Oh, okay. Like it, it has, it has it, the specific detail. This is where I would like to invoke improved documents and mm-hmm. tap the documents in my load of like, yeah. I have, th- I have an idea of not just like of, I have an idea of specifically what I am looking for here. Yes. Yeah. And what, what are you looking for? It is the restless crow. It is a small wax sculpture of a crow, of a death crow, that you keep in your that is that is said that if you keep it in your home, the the crows the crows will keep their eye on you because the crows watch after their own. So if you keep this small wax statue of a crow and something is something happens to you, uh the crows act quicker and louder and more attentively than they would should it happen to a random person on the street. Like you are, it is essentially a death bell that if something happens to you, the world is alerted immediately as opposed to a few hours, a few days, a few minutes later. Yeah. Uh, it's a very morbid centerpiece mm-hmm. to a security system, but yes. uh, <laughs> here we are. Um, yeah, so you, you've got this this sketch, which I think that is going to give you um, greater effect when okay. you're searching this room. So you you will be able to, to find it more more quickly um, and, and fewer consequences. But yeah, how do you want to go about searching for this little thing? Uh, I think I want to... Uh, I think I just want to, you know... Um, Probably, like, stalk from, like, section to section, right? Like, you know, a little bit a little bit slower, a little bit more intently, since I know that no one has come into their room. But I think I am, like, going from place to place and, like, you know, creeping around and, like, moving through the space and, like, keeping an eye out and, like, holding the parchment up and, like, you know, pri- trying to, trying to make, trying to, trying to uh fall into a place where it's it where it's directly in front of me as opposed to like looking for it with any kind of intent. Okay. So so you're aiming to use prowl here? Yes. Yeah. If okay. that if that is acceptable. I will I will allow it. Alright. This is that's gonna a, be That's bad. Those are those that's a one and a two. Those are both Oof. bad numbers. Well fortunately I think you're still in a controlled position. Okay. Um, since you are alone in this room. So you got a two. Um, so your options here are you can either kind of continue doing what you're doing, uh, but it'll be risky, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll figure out what the risk is, or you can like realize that what you're doing isn't working. You have to stop and try a different approach, but you'll still be in a controlled position. I'm going to stop what I'm doing. I'm going to tap a piece of gear and try to invoke a different skill, if I may. Okay, yeah. I'm going to tap arcane implements. Uh-huh. I'm going to pull out a little uh I'm going to pull out a little watch from my bag. Mhm. I'm going to open the watch. I'm going to uh I'm going to like bite my lip ever so slightly. Bite down a little bit harder than I need to. Wipe that little bit of blood on my finger, drip it into the watch, close the watch. Watches it kind of rattles and shakes and starts to bite and starts to become very snake-like. Ooh. And then I'm going to set it down and I'm going to, like, start to wind it up as I kind of, like, unfurl the thing. So I'm going to turn this watch. I'm going to... I'm hoping that I may use Tinker here to turn this watch into, like, a bloodhound snake as an arcane implement. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool enough description. I'll I'll go with it. All right. Um. Yeah, and this will still be controlled. That's a double fives. 
five. Okay, five. Um, so I'm I'm gonna assume you want to do this with a minor consequence. Yeah, that's that that works. Yeah. Um, so I think that the the consequence here is that um, it it will work. You're gonna find this thing, but it takes time. Yeah, right, right. I am relying. This is it's why I didn't go to it's why I didn't go this route immediately is because I knew that like following around a little watch snake is not yeah. the like <laughs> is not the most efficient use of my time. Yeah. And so the the catch there is that I'm gonna tick up the clock of the guards find you by one. So it's now okay. a two out of four. Um but after painfully long, slow minutes where this little thing is rattling around and bumping into stuff and you can hear footsteps starting to move in the hallways outside. Um, what all do you, kind what of is accompanied, it? all accompanied by this, like that tick, tick, Yeah. Tick, what does it do when it finds the thing? What, what noise does it make? <laughs> um, I think it, um, I think the, the watch like pops back open, right? Like it ticked, and it like the ticks start to get a little faster, like a tick, 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 and then it like pops open and like the chain rattles a little bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So yeah, it it does that, uh, and you find it um, sitting in front of a a small kind of I think you know able to be held in in two hands, small uh, intricately carved wax sculpture of a crow. Um, that I think that it it uh, has like its head back and its beak is is wide open as if it is shouting mm-hmm. uh, a loud caw, um, and yeah, so you're able to. I think um, it is like back on a shelf behind some other stuff, and there's a lot of these sort of runes and lines running to it, but there's nothing actually physical holding it in place. So you're just kind of able to pick it up, mm-hmm. and I think when you do that, you can kind of feel because of your overall uh, attunement to the ghost field you spend a lot of time uh shifting in and out of it you can just sort of feel the kind of arcane lines binding this thing to the rest of the system just very gently break mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you have the thing and now, now you have comes, to get out <laughs> now comes the hard part which is leaving yep <laughs> um I think I, I I scoop up the watch. I put it back in my bag. I stash the I stash the crow, and I kind of like I look for the highest bookshelf that I can find mm-hmm. because I'm thinking I can perhaps uh, I'm I'm like look thinking I can perhaps like maybe either either move a tile and kind of crawl into a rafter on the ceiling or carve a little hole in the ceiling and climb out that way. I think it's probably going to be the second one. I think the way that these houses are built, they don't really have ceiling tiles. So um, yeah, there's a a bookshelf you can climb up on, um, but you're going to need to do some kind of role for uh, cutting a a person sized hole through a floor. You also don't know what's above this. So you're not sure what what you're going to be cutting into, but that's also true. What you do know is that the hallway outside for sure has guards in it. So do you know, do you know what I'm going to carve? And I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to call, I'm going to add, I'm going to say, I think this might be Tink. This might be, I think, I think I can, I think I can swing this with Tinker mm-hmm. is, uh, I don't know what's above, but I have a pretty strong idea that there is empty spaces in the walls 
the hollow space like between the between the oh, individual yeah, yeah. walls. And I'm pretty sure if I carve out uh either like a lamp on the wall or like uh some sort of structure along there, I can make a hole that is I can I can be confident that that's going to lead to like a section of the wall that I can crawl through. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I think Tinker makes sense for that. Oh, that's I, I my first dice was a one, my second one was a six. That was a, oh. that was a tense <laughs> that was a tense roll, let me tell you. Okay, yeah. So then you you do it. Um you you are able to pull out um I think you're going to need to mark tinkering tools. Okay. In yep, order I, to I, do yep. that of For sure. <laughs> pull out a saw. <laughs> um but yeah, you're able to um hack your way into the wall and squeeze in there uh, and start working your way out. And I, th- I think uh, unless you want to do anything else, I think that we can have that be your, your escape of you just sort I think of so. I think so. squeeze your way through and then eventually get to an outer wall. And yeah, I can figure <laughs> out like where that wall kind of leads down into the basement, which is sort of a larger open cavernous space. And then I kind of just like, walk right back out like you know, like walk right back out of the same entrance i came in <laughs> newsboy cap back on you are notably filthier though yes <laughs> just covered in dust and cobwebs i'm like shaking i'm like never never again royce this is a two this was a two-person job but yeah you you have you have succeeded you have made it out um I will leave it up to you if you want to do downtime, because that tends to be more of a, a long-term uh, thing. But it can also be kind of a fun wrap-up opportunity. I think it's a fun wrap-up. Let's go through okay. some downtime stuff. Yeah. So for downtime, um, I, I think we're going to kind of jump the downtime ahead uh, a little bit to after the, the rest of the crew has finished doing this, yeah. this murder. Yeah. So... Um, you know, the crew would get payoff in terms of increasing your reputation and also get money. Mm-hmm. Um, you would take a certain amount of heat from the blue coats uh, to, to, you know, reflect the fact that you are doing crimes and people want to stop you from doing crimes. Cowards. Um, yeah. <laughs> How dare they? Uh, there's entanglements that, um, again, would just sort of... Sp- Problems cropped up on this score that would spiral out into other scores that you have to deal with. Um, but we're going to focus on is the downtime actions that you mm-hmm. can do. So um, on the sheets that I sent you, this is on page three. There, There's a handful of activities that you can do. You get to do two of them. Um, I would strongly recommend indulging your vice, which is how you burn stress. And then we can talk about um, if you want to do any of the other things on here. Uh, as well got it perfect Here yeah we are. okay so uh i can choose two of these objects mm-hmm. the, uh, i can acquire an asset i can take part in a long-term project i can recover i yeah, can you didn't, re- you didn't get hurt this time so you won't I did need not. to <laughs> i can reduce heat i can train and i can indulge my vice uh i think i'm going to in- i mean i got to indulge my vice yes. I, think I, I got i got i got i got fired up Yes. So um, let me look at the character sheet real quick so I can tell you how to roll this. So on your character sheet, um, where you have all your action rolls, mm-hmm. that that first column you'll notice has kind of a line separating it from the other ones. Yep. That is where you would roll resistance in order to resist consequences or harm or things. Um, and that's also used to determine 
um, rolling your, your indulging your vice. So of those three, um, you know, the, the insight column, the prowess column or the resolve column, which one has the fewest dots in that uh, first column? Resolve and insight both have two. Okay, so in that case, you will just roll two dice and take okay. the higher result, and that will tell you how much stress you clear. That's snake eyes, baby. Oh no! <laughs> so for you, you would clear one stress initially. You can indulge your vice again if you would I like think, to give that another try. I think so. I think I think I snatch that money. I think I walk through the door. I snatch that money that they hand me as my part of the payout. And like, I don't even wait around to hear about the rest of the job. I am just tearing it up, right? Like, yeah. you see me on the penny farthings. You see me playing roulette. You know, I am more recklessly and more pointedly like indulging in my love of doing stuff than I normally do because that job was very, very stressful. Yeah. And that is a five and a three. Okay, so you'll clear another five, which All I right. think should should get you in a That puts me down to two stress. That puts yeah, me in a good like, spot. Yeah, much better spot. Um yeah, so uh, I, I kind of want to, to wrap this up. I think you, you just go out and have like, go on a two day yeah. bender. Yep. <laughs> um, but eventually you, you do wander back to the cafe to, uh, find the, the rest of the crew has cleared out, save for Royce, who has obtained a tablecloth and probably stolen a nice silver candelabra with candles and sitting at this very nice place setting is a, what I am imagining is a large basket of like fried chicken. Yep. Um, and I'm then glad, like, I'm glad we were, I'm glad yeah. we were not picturing anything fancier because <laughs> no, no, I no, had no, the no. exact same vision. Uh, you know, big basket of fried chicken and then like some French fries and, um, I'm trying to think of what there's going to be some like some kind of seafood type thing because yeah. the food situation in the setting is bizarre because there's no sun. There's a lot sure. of mushroom based things. So there's some kind of like mushroom, I think like a mushroom coleslaw, basically, yeah. <laughs> and then a variety of, of dips and I, available I for your chicken fingers. And I see this and I just kind of look, I'm like, are we tablecloth fancy now? <sighs> Jeez, it must have been a good job. <laughs> Oh, we got a good payout and uh, managed to lift a number of things from the uh, late and lamented magistrate on the way out. And he gestures at the, the candelabra. <laughs> I'm okay, selling. You the, know what? We're selling the candelabra after. I would. I would. Dinner. I would. Yeah. I would. I would not want to keep this thing. It's hideous. Yeah, yeah I know. And I kick back, and I just like as I start to eat, I I pause and I swallow my food. And I just look very serious. Like, this is the first time my face hasn't kind of had at least a little bit of, like, a goofy grin. Like, you know that kind of person that, like, even when they're being very serious, they have that face of, like, they're having fun? Mm-hmm. Like, that's my, that's, that's my general face, and I've dropped that for the first time. I look completely serious, and I look, and I'm like, I don't do one-person jobs anymore. I just don't. I think he he kind of studies you for a second, taking in how serious that that you are, and he's like, "Yeah, you got it." All right, and I, I, I and I like I'm immediately back to jovial. Yeah. I like we don't talk about it any further. I'm just immediately back to jovial. Yep. Yeah, and I think that yeah, we we fade out on you eating yep. and your ghost boyfriend watching you eat. Yep. 
in your abandoned candy shop. <laughs> it's perfect. It's everything I love. This is, oh, this game was so good. This was so much this fun. This was really fun. Yeah. Thank I, you so much for playing it with me. Yeah. Thank you for, for having me on to run this. This was super, super cool. That was I, great. Yeah. I, I love this game very, very much. And I'm kind of bummed because like this, uh, this crew you've created is so cool. <laughs> They're very cool. Uh, They're we'll very have, cool. We'll have to play it again sometime. Yeah, the that's only op- the only the solution. Only, <laughs> only solution. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was an absolute blast. Uh, real quick, before we wrap up, where can people find you and your work online? Yeah, so for the Magpies, uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, we are at Magpies underscore pod. And you can follow my personal Twitter uh, at Rhiannon42. And we'll, I'm sure, have links to all of those wonderful places. In the Um, show notes. Yep, but yeah. uh, And then otherwise, there's kind of the the websites for the Magpies and uh, Skillcheck are the other best places to find me online. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing the show. This was an absolute delight. And for now, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap things up. Take a future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to Ree for coming on the show. That game was astoundingly fun. I loved it. I desperately want to play these characters again. It was so much fun. <sighs> loved it. Be sure to follow the Magpies podcast on Twitter at magpies underscore pod. Be sure to follow Rhea on Twitter at Rhiannon42 and head to to learn how you can make your games more accessible because it's important. Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash party of one podcast. Uh, join our Discord community at bit.ly slash party of one discord. Head to our merch store at bit.ly slash party of one merch. If you enjoy the show, leave us a nice iTunes review, Podchaser review, or Stitcher review. I get all of those in my inbox, so those are the three that matter the most to me. And also check out my other podcast, All My Fantasy Children, which I just finished recording, literally like two minutes ago, when I started recording this intro and outro. All My Fantasy Children is a tabletop-inspired character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast on the OneShot Podcast Network. Every week, my best friend Eric Catano Saez and I take a listener-submitted prompt, we spin it into an original fantasy character, and we populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday-ish, at OneShotPodcast.com. Party of One is, of course, as always, produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. And the Party of One logo is by Evan Rowland. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates, coming onto the show as a guest, or about press coverage for the show, you can email me at PartyOfOnePodcast at gmail.com. And I think that's it. I think that's all I got. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody.